Well, good morning and welcome to Yontville Community Church. Uh, my name is Dan Bidwell, Senior Pastor here. Uh, wonderful to have you with us this morning uh, as we pause, as we stop, as we rest in God's presence and hear Him speak. Uh, we'll say a lot more about that in the sermon in just a moment. Uh, but uh, great to have you with us. Uh, we would love all of you uh, to take a moment to connect with us. Uh, let us know that you are here, uh, whether you've been here a hundred times or this is your first time or your third time. Hit the connect button for us, uh, the connect card. Let us know that you're here. Let us know how we can pray for you uh, because we are here as church this morning. Uh, this morning we'll be continuing in our sermon series from Genesis 1 to 11 uh, where we think about those foundational chapters of the Bible and, and what they teach us about who we are and what we are made for. Uh, we'll be thinking about Sabbath this morning, uh, so a little bit more on that in just a moment. Uh, of course, we have our kids program happening over on uh, the kids page of yonvillechurch.org, our website, uh, or our YouTube channel. Uh, if you've got kids in your life, we would love you to check that out. Um, Charlotte has worked really hard uh, on those, and they're a wonderful resource. For those of you who are financial partners with us, uh, we are thankful for your generosity. Uh, we're thankful for your faithfulness in giving. And we're thankful for the way that God has worked in you to enable us to keep sharing the good news of Jesus in the Napa Valley and beyond. Uh, if you'd like more details on how to give uh, on our website, yonvillechurch.org, uh, click the giving tab and uh, you'll find out more details there. Well, why don't we stop? We're going to sit back. We're going to hear God's word read to us. So why don't you prepare your hearts to hear God's word from Genesis chapter 2. Hello, my name is Charlotte Bidwell, Kids Minister here at Yonville Community Church. I just wanted to give you a little reminder to go and watch this week's kids video, which you can find uh, on the kids page of yonvillechurch.org on the internet. Search that up and click the first video you find. That will be this week's one. We're really excited for you to watch it. But for now, let's read the Bible from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Please read with me. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I sometimes fantasize about retirement. Uh, I don't know if you do the same. I know that plenty of us listening today are retired. So you can school me after I say what I'm about to say next. But sometimes I fantasize about retirement because I imagine uh, what it would be like to slow down, uh, to step off the crazy roundabout that is life in 2020. Uh, well, actually, maybe not 2020. This year is a different species again. But I'm thinking of the couple of years preceding this one. Because I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the world seems to be getting busier uh, and years go by faster and we never seem to disconnect. Uh, have you noticed that or is it just me? And so I fantasized about retirement. Uh, Joe and I have talked about retiring uh, to a ranch in Montana with nothing but big sky and time. And the ranchers who are listening today, well, they're laughing at me because they know there's never time to slow down when you have a big property. Um, we don't even have a, a lawn to mow anymore and there's always more gardening to do. So 
Uh, I, I know it's kind of a pie in the sky dream, but, but let me have my fantasy for just a moment. So, you know, I imagine retirement uh, when I finally have time to do whatever I want to do. Uh, and now I feel like I can hear the retirees laughing at me from the other end of the screen because there's still the house maintenance and the taxes and the grandkids and the appointments. Does life ever slow down? Whether you've got young kids or, or grown-up kids or no kids or a big house or a small house, pets or no pets, every day keeps rolling on just like the day before. 24 hours where the sun comes up and the sun goes down and life keeps happening. Now that's the way of the world. And every life stage has the potential to be really busy. You know, and I suspect we, we all look over the horizon. We imagine that at that next stage of life, that's when it will get easier. Uh, perhaps some of you a bit further down the road have found that, uh, but probably not for many of us. So what do we do with our busyness? Uh, personally, busyness is something I've struggled with. Uh, I've always had busy jobs and big jobs. And then you add being a husband and, and being a member of a church and playing sports and having kids who play sports and taking them to their sports. And then you've got your friends and well, you put all of that together and you end up very busy. A one author I read says, we're living in the middle of a busyness pandemic or epidemic, he said. Uh, as new technology has connected us to emails on our phones, it uh, means that work follows us home from the office into the living room, or sometimes into the bedroom if you do work in bed. And this year during the COVID lockdowns, uh, many of us have brought work into our dining rooms as we've had to work from home. We brought school to the kitchen table as we've had to homeschool. And so home is no longer separated from work. It's just one big connected mess. And that's the thing in 2020, we are constantly connected. Are connected to the phone, connected to email, to the internet, to entertainment, to distraction. We're constantly connected and yet in some ways more disconnected than ever before. We were at a restaurant recently. We saw a family all sitting around the table and they were all looking down at their devices. They weren't talking to one another. Or worse, the teenage kid, uh, he was on his iPhone with earphones in as well uh, so that he couldn't be interrupted by something as dull as his parents talking to him. Well, our family looked at their family with pity, uh, but then I wonder on other days have people looked over at our family with the same thoughts. Author Kevin DeYoung says this, how many of us feel this strange mix of busyness and lifelessness? We're always engaged with our thumbs, but rarely engaged with our thoughts. We keep downloading information, but rarely get down into the depths of our hearts. We're in the midst of a busyness epidemic, an epidemic that can overtake us if we're not careful to pay attention and to hold it back. Because as we open the Bible this morning, we're going to see that we are made for more than busyness. We're made for patterns that teach us to slow down. We are made for rest. So for the next 15 or 16 minutes, why don't you switch off the distractions? Uh, plant yourself here in the room. If you're watching on your mobile phone, consider casting the video up to the television uh, because we watch for almost double the duration when we watch on TV compared with a smartphone. But the idea is this, plant yourself here in the room, make yourself available to God and, and to what God wants to teach us. Uh, get your heart ready to hear Him speak. 
because God will speak to us today. He is going to speak into the distraction. He's going to speak into the busyness and into the chaos. He's going to speak a word of peace, a word of calm, and a word of rest if we're, if we're ready to listen. So if you need a moment, hit pause on the video, but get your heart ready, get yourself comfortable, and let's give these next 15 minutes to God, and let's see what He can do with them. Are you ready? Let's pray to get ourselves in the right frame of mind. Our Heavenly Father, we are surrounded by so many distractions, but we're here now, and we long to be in your presence. We long to hear you speak. Will you speak to us now, breathing the breath of life into us, just like you did on the sixth day? Bring us back to you. Bring us back to hear you and to be remade in the image that you made us for. Give us rest today as we hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this fall we've been digging into the early chapters of Genesis, uncovering the foundations of who we are and what God has made us for. And we began in chapter 1 with that majestic picture of God creating everything out of nothing, speaking creation into being with His words, forming and filling the universe and everything we see, the sun, moon and stars, the skies, the birds of the air, the oceans and everything in them and every animal that walks upon the earth. And God said it was good. And then after he'd created everything else, remember God made mankind in his own image, male and female, he made them. He made us to rule over everything in creation. And he made us for relationship with, with himself and with one another. And you remember we, we read this last week with this final piece of creation in place. God looked over everything that he'd made. And he said it was very good. And the sixth day ended just like the first five had. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. The seventh day is different. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. By the seventh day, there's no more creating to be done. God had finished that work. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work of creating. I said before that I don't have a lawn to mow anymore. In almost all of our previous houses, I've had lawns to mow, sometimes really big lawns to mow. Uh, but there is something satisfying about mowing, and if you're a mower, you'll know that. You know, you look out over the lawn and, and you tell yourself, it's time to mow again. I've never owned a new mower, uh, only hand-me-downs or mowers from the side of the road. And it means that uh, every time I went to mow, I always needed to do something to coax the old machine back to life. You know, a spark plug clean or um, maybe a carburetor rebuild, who knows. But once the mower's going and once you start making lines in the long grass... Uh, there isn't much more satisfying in life. And when you're finished, uh, just for a moment, everything looks so good. You can sit down, you can just enjoy your work of mowing. <laughs> and I guess God felt like that on the seventh day. You know, he looks back over everything that he's made. He smiles and he says to himself, yep, it is just right. It's very good. Let's just stop and take a moment to enjoy it. See, on the seventh day, God rested from the work of creating that he had done. 
He didn't stop because he was tired. The omnipotent, the all-powerful God, he doesn't get worn out. He doesn't need to lie down. He, he stops because it is good to stop. It's good to enjoy the fruit of your labor. And that's the first big idea for our sermon today. Sabbath means stopping. Well, the word for resting from in the original language, it's where we get the word Sabbath from. Literally, God Sabbathed from his work of creating. That is, he ceased. He stopped. We find ourselves in a bit of tension here because there's something about work that's built into creation. Those first six days, they were all about God working as he flung stars into space and filled the void. God was at work. And when God created us in his image, he he also made us creative like him. God created us as people who like to work. Uh, We like to do things. We like to achieve. That's in our God-given nature. And I think that's why God needed to teach us to stop. Uh, On the ranch, there is always more work to be done. In the garden, there's always more work to be done. In the office, there is always more work to be done. At home, there is always something else that needs to be cleaned or washed or picked up or wiped down. Work is endless. But when God rested from his work on the seventh day, he was teaching us something about work and rest. He was teaching us that it is okay to stop. It's okay to stop for an hour. It's okay to stop for a day. It's okay to stop. In fact, stopping work is good for us. It stops us from getting caught up in the busyness that is all-consuming. It stops us from getting caught up in the idea that work is everything and that if we stop, the whole world will fall apart. Because on the seventh day, God stopped creating. But you see, he was still at work sustaining the universe. Like Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 17, My father is always at his work to this very day. God never stops making the world turn. God never stops sustaining the universe. God never stops drawing history towards the day when Jesus returns and everything is put under his feet. God never stops working at that plan. It is certain. It's unshakable. It's unstoppable. And so whatever we're working at, whether it's the kingdoms of earth or or even working for the kingdom of heaven, even then we can pause from our work regularly because God continues the work even while we rest. That's only a month or so since I preached on Psalm 127, which was all about how our work fits into God's plans. You might like to go back and check that message out. Just go to our sermons tab on our website, yontvillechurch.org. And you can find the Psalm series link there. You can catch up and remember what we said just a few weeks ago. But coming back to Genesis 2, we learn here that it is okay to cease from our working. God gives you permission. God has built into creation this pattern of working and then resting from work. Just like he's built night and day so that we rest regularly. I know as an audience, we're at lots of different life stages. Some working, some at home with kids. Uh, Some retired, some retired for many years. It's important to consider what Sabbath looks like for you. uh, What it looks like for you to cease from the busyness so that you can stop and enjoy the fruits of your labors. Uh, That's our first big idea. Sabbath means stopping. Our second big idea is that Sabbath means holiness. Most of us think of the Sabbath in the context of keeping a particular day set aside for the Lord. 
Uh, I know back in Australia, up until about 40 years ago, there was never any trading on Sunday. Nothing was open, no shops, nothing was open except for churches. And the Sabbath was kept holy. Uh, all of that has changed now. Uh, Sunday is now one of the biggest days for shopping in Australia. Uh, lots of kids sport is played on Sundays, especially the representative teams, uh, which of course is such an honor to be invited into. And, and that's why we can't make it to church for the next 10 weeks, just while the rep season is on, uh, unless of course she makes the development squad. And well, <laughs> you get the picture, don't you? Now, Sunday is just a day like any other. But if we recapture the vision of Genesis 2, we see that the Sabbath is not just about rest, but holiness. We're created for rest. We're created for rest in the presence of God, enjoying the goodness of creation with the one who created us. That's the picture of Sabbath in Genesis 2. And so how do we recreate that Sabbath experience? Well, it has to be twofold. It's not just resting from work, but it's enjoying the blessing of the presence of God as we set ourselves apart in his service. Uh, as Abraham Herschel put it, we need to turn from the world of creation to the creation of the world. That is, we need to stop creating and turn to the creator. Because work can easily become an idol for us that we set on a throne above God. Uh, this, is, this job is what makes me who, who I am, we might think. Yeah, this job is what defines me. This work is what feeds me. This job is what saves me. If I don't keep working, who am I? What will become of me? I think that's one of the questions we ask in retirement. To what degree am I my work? Or can I give that part of myself over to the Lord and enter a new period of rest and blessing where I find myself again in Him? Where I learn to trust Him for my daily bread. Indeed, trust Him for every breath that He chooses to give me where I learn to serve him in new ways with my new availability. Uh, for those of us who are still in the working phase of life, how do we learn that lesson now? I'd love to think there are godly and wise older men and women in our church who can help us explore the idea. And I'm looking forward to those conversations. Because like we said earlier, we don't want to keep looking over the horizon and imagining, I'll have time for Sabbath when I get to the next stage of life. We need to establish Sabbath rhythms now. I'll just say that again. We need to establish Sabbath rhythms now. And by the way, I'm not talking about rigid, legalistic Sabbath days. We can see from the Old Testament how the heart of Sabbath got lost in legalism. And that's really clear by the time Jesus arrived and he butted heads with the religious leaders over what he should and shouldn't do on the Sabbath. Jesus made it clear that the Sabbath was about blessing and wholeness and healing and true rest from religious works. It's not about making ourselves holy because of what we do, but remembering that God alone makes us holy. As God said in Exodus 31, 13, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. When we rest in God, when we stop and make time for Him, when we gather with God's people, we remind ourselves that God is more important than everything else in our lives. I'm more important than Sunday sleep-ins. I'm more important than brunch with my relatives. 
more important than a kid's birthday party or rep soccer. The Sabbath teaches us that we are made for God. We are made for rest with Him and rest with His people. And I know this COVID season has interrupted our regular rhythms of being together, but I want us to get back to that pattern of setting aside a regular time to be with God and to be with His people, to find that hour in His presence, in the gathering of His people. We need to do that virtually right now, I know, but it doesn't make this any less real. We are the people of God, wherever you're watching from. We are Yonville Community Church. We are the people of God. We are Yonville Community Church, wherever you are. We are worshipping this morning as we gather in our living rooms and on our couches and with our family around us. Even if you're on your own, uh, you are not alone. We are with you and we're praying for you because we're made for this. We're made for God and we're made for this holy gathering. We're made for this moment. We are right where God wants us in this holy moment. God has put us here. That leads me into my final idea, which is that the Sabbath means true rest. One of the distinctives of Genesis 2 is the description of the seventh day, which has no evening and no morning. It's a symbolic way of saying that the seventh day has no end, that the goal of creation is rest and that we are made for rest. And for God's Old Testament people, that promise of rest was tied up with the promised land, a place where they would experience rest from their enemies and the blessing and presence of God, a kind of permanent Sabbath. And that happened, kind of, but sin remained in God's people, just like the Canaanites remained in the land. Uh, God's people experienced a sort of Sabbath rest, but it wasn't perfect. And so their imperfect rest pointed forward to an even greater Sabbath rest, an eternal rest, where all obstacles to that rest are overcome. And that's where we meet Jesus in the New Testament. In Mark's Gospel, one of Jesus' first acts was to to heal a man on the Sabbath, a guy with a shriveled hand. Uh, Jesus made that hand unshrivel. And the religious leaders, they chided Jesus for doing work on the Sabbath. But what they couldn't see was that Jesus was giving a foretaste of the heavenly rest that he'll one day bring to all of us. Because as Jesus went about healing and casting out demons, he was giving us a window into the Sabbath rest that his death and resurrection would finally make possible. Rest from sin. Rest from the effects of sin. Rest from death. Rest from sorrow. Rest from poverty and rest from injustice perfect and eternal rest enjoyed in the heavenly promised land, the new Garden of Eden and the new Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but I'm weary from the constant changes that 2020 has thrown at us. I'm weary from thinking and rethinking my work, from organizing and then reorganizing, planning and then replanning as things keep changing. And you know what? I'm not sure what the next three months will bring. But I know that I can rest easy in Jesus. I can leave my desk at the end of the week and trust that the Lord of the Sabbath is at work, healing lives and bringing blessing and wholeness and forgiveness here in the Napa Valley and beyond. See, God is doing that work in my life. And if you have your faith in Jesus, God is doing that work in your life also. 
He's remaking and recreating us in his likeness by the power of his Holy Spirit. The, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is powerfully at work in us today and eternally to bring us fully and finally into the Sabbath that will never end. Friends, there's so much more we could say, but we're out of time. I would love you to join us at Bible study this week to dig deeper and to engage with others about how we find Sabbath. I hit the connect card if you want to find out more. But for now, why don't we come to the one who gives Sabbath, Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath. Why don't we come to him in prayer? Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus, we want your rest. or We want to come to you. We want to lay our burdens upon you. There are so many things that make us weary, so many things that distract us, so many things that gain our attention and make us busy. Um, Jesus, will you be with us now by your presence, by your spirit? Father, will you be with us now by your holy presence? Father, will you give us rest? Will you give us comfort? Will you give us peace? Will you give us trust in you? Father, help us to stop from all of those kingdoms that we build. Help us stop from that work and to spend this holy moment with you. Father, let us draw near to you and to know that you are in control. Father, we trust you to bring us into that eternal rest. For some of us, it's hard to trust right now. But Father, will you fill us and help us to know that you are bringing us and all things under Jesus Christ, that you are bringing that kingdom that will never end, that you are bringing that moment where our, where our sadness ends, you're bringing that moment where our trouble ends, you're bringing that moment where our sin is dealt with and it is ended. Father, help us to come into your presence and know that now. Help us to find our rest in you and help us to find our rest with one another. We pray that you would give us this blessing this morning on your Sabbath day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please join with me in prayer? Hebrews 4 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Lord, thank you for your teaching us from your word about Sabbath and rest. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and minds that understand what your word is teaching us by your spirit. Help us to reorientate our hearts to you, to obey you, and to follow you because you are Lord. Thank you, Father, for our prayer meeting on Tuesday. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we are so thankful for the opportunity to gather online and read your word, to encourage each other in our faith, and to pray for each other and for our community to know Christ as Lord. We give you thanks that our local wildfires are being contained more and more each day. We pray for those returning to their homes for rest and peace, 
for the firefighters as they continue in their work and we pray that at this time of confusion and worry that you would turn people's hearts to you, that they may know you as Lord. We pray for our upcoming election, trusting you to do your sovereign will. Help us to represent you, Lord, in the way we speak about the candidates, the policies and the processes. Give us grace, patience and wisdom as we take our part in the democratic process. We pray, Father, for our leaders with regard to the virus. We pray for the president and members of staff at this time for your healing. And we pray for those leaders making decisions at the local, state and federal level that they would seek your wisdom. We present all these things to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, Yonville Community Church this morning. A challenging idea, stopping and resting. Uh, challenging for me anyway. Uh, these are just a selection of the books that I had in my bookshelf about resting from busyness. Uh, and there's a couple that I particularly like to recommend. Um, Tim Chester's uh, The Busy Christian's Guide to Busyness. Uh, wonderful. I've got the copy on my desk. Uh, if you want to scan it or you can order one of these. And uh, Kevin DeYoung's Crazy Busy. Uh, I think he might have got a little quote in the sermon today. Uh, but there are a ton of other ones. And uh, I can really recommend if you find that your life is filled with busyness and you find it really hard to make time for God, uh, books like these uh, can help you start to slow down and start to think and plan how to make time for Sabbath with God. Uh, something I'm actively working on myself right now um, and we pray that you will be too. Uh, go into this week knowing that God is there to bless you. Uh, God wants to bless you with rest. Uh, it's the plan of uh, his creation to enter us into an eternal rest. Uh, so go easy this week. Uh, go in the, in the name of Jesus. Go in his presence and with his blessing. Uh, we will see you next week. Until then, goodbye and God bless. Mm -hmm.